This is the Shoot Once Podcast. I'm Frank Walker. Welcome to the Shoot Once Podcast. Uh, it, it's been another crazy week here in, uh, here in quarantine land. Uh, I think we're all starting to kind of learn it and feel better with it here. And in my own life, we're just... I mean, I was already really well set up for what was happening because I was—I had the ability to work from home. My wife had the ability to work from home. Our daughter's homeschooled. So with the exception of not being able to go out and kind of get away from each other and do different things and, you know, go to restaurants or, you know, watch hockey or whatnot, I mean, the, the core of my life hasn't seen much change. For all of you that have, I, I am sorry for everybody we've got out there working on the front lines, and I mean, at, the, at this point, it's such a weird thing to say because we're talking about people working in grocery stores, um, at, you know, grocery stores and hospitals and all that. God bless you. I, I am praying for you folks and what's going on. Um, personally, i got a friend of mine who works in a grocery store and a, a close relative who, uh, he works in a hospital um, doing, doing tr- essentially patient transport. So, I mean, if I'm not sure if you, you know, what, what TV shows you guys watch on it, but they essentially, they specifically have people who aren't nurses who know the way around the hospital, know where to get to everything. And when it's time to move a patient from one place to another, that's the job he does. Um, and he's talked about what, you know, and this is in Ohio here. He's talking about, you know, how they're ramping things up and how they're getting ready. And, and, you know, I, I, so those, those two people are on my mind. And so it kind of makes me think about all the other people who are dealing with that kind of stuff. You know, if, whether it's as simple as working in a grocery store in a place that's considered essential that hasn't closed down or in the hospitals, um, I am thinking about you folks. So, so let's get into hockey. Cause Hey, that's why you decided to listen to this show. Cause you want to hear a little bit about hockey. Um, and we're definitely going to do that now evolving hockey, which is a great, resource uh, for advanced hockey statistics and analytics. Um, they put out a very cool thing on their uh, website. And, and I am a Patreon subscriber, so I can see it. I'm going to talk about it with you guys. Hopefully that's not getting them too mad because I'm sharing it. But if you want to, it's a cool Patreon to subscribe to if you want to. It's like five bucks a month. But they put out a cool tool uh, that essentially is projecting contracts. And what they do is they use numbers of what players have done in previous seasons. They compare it to other contracts. They compare it to what's the salary cap going to be. And that gives you a, a sense of of what teams will sign, you know, what, what the guys who are going to be free agents are going to sign for. Um, now, the Blue Jacks are in a really crazy situation compared to last year. Last year, they had the big UFAs, Panarin, Duchesne, Brodsky. This year, there are no UFAs. Now, looking at their tool this year, it is tricky um, because there is a major unknown, and it is what the salary cap is going to be. When you load up the tool by default, they estimate it at $84 million, which would be a $3.5 million increase over this year. I can't imagine... I. I don't want to get too much into it because, again, you're listening to this get away from things, but as we all know, with the league being shut down currently because of the coronavirus um, teams, you know, they're not getting ticket sales. They're not selling popcorn. They're not really selling the jerseys. They would have. Uh, and if the playoffs hit, that's going to be an even bigger deal. And the playoffs are huge profits for NHL teams because the players don't get paid extra for being in the playoffs. Their contracts are paid from, I think they get paid like twice a month from the first month of the season to the last month of the season. 
but they don't get paid for playoff games. If your team makes the playoffs, you just play. The players seem fine with it. it it's just it's a setup, and that's fine, but that's why teams make a ton of money off of it, because they can sell tickets, and they don't have to pay the players for it, and they can sell the tickets at a higher price, and it's, it's a bigger deal. Um, so that's happening. Uh, there's all these things about the television contracts where apparently the teams can... It's gonna. It might fall on the the leagues to have to give back the money on this. We don't know yet. We're still in the middle of everything. But when I'm looking at these numbers now, I, I go in there and I change their number to saying, okay, what if the salary cap stays at what it is this year? We just have a flat cap. Which there's some people even who have set who have speculated that the salary cap will drop. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, for one major reason, it'd be very bad for the sport because all of a sudden you have a lot of teams who were going over the cap and weren't going to be able to field full teams. I mean, if you lowered the cap, you'd have major problems. A few teams would be okay, the Blue Jackets probably being one of them, but a lot of teams would have major issues. Um, it's already been discussed in the public sphere. I think Bill Daly's already said to different outlets that, you know, the teams and the, the league and the Players Association can just decide the salary cap will be something else. That's not necessarily tied to hockey-related revenue, just so we don't run into that problem. But anyway, looking over these, uh, going over some of the big ones and things I agree with. Um, the one they have, the number one, the, the top player is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who they have listed as a seven-year deal with about $7.1 million cap hit. In my mind, if you can get it to eight, you do it. I don't know if that changed. You know, you'd probably have to pay him a little extra for that, but i do it. The next one is probably the most interesting question of free agency with the Blue Jackets, and that's Josh Anderson. They've got him listed as two years at $2.6 million. If you can get Josh Anderson for $2.6, that'd be amazing. Here's the thing. Two years, essentially you're buying his last year of RFA and then a year of UFA, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. If I'm the Blue Jackets, if you can get Josh Anderson to agree to like a 5 by 5 I'd do it in a second. This is the kind of player you're going to want around your team for a long time. So I, I would try and take over on the Josh Anderson deal. They've got listed Vladislav Gavrikov for two years at about $2 million. That's another player I would try and go over on. I think Vladislav Gavrikov is really, Gavrikov is really good. Um, a player that a lot of Blue Jackets fans aren't realizing going into next season is our last year on the David Savard contract. David Savard... It's currently the third, I think he's the fourth highest, highest paid defenseman on the Blue Jackets um, at $4.2 million. But also next season is the last season of the Ryan Murray's deal before he's a UFA. So if you can get Vladislav to a long-term deal now to kind of shore up that defensive depth, I would do it. Now you've still got young guys coming in. You've still got Andrew Peak. You've still got Gabriel Carlson um, who are going to be around on this team. But, I mean, you've got a couple. I mean, after next year... 21-22, you've got Murray and Savard going UFA. The year after that, you got Nudevar and Harrington. So you want to sign... I, I think you're looking at trying to sign these guys to longer-term deals. Uh, if you can get Gavrikov at a, at a longer deal, I'd do it. Even if you have to go up to maybe $3 million or so to keep him, you're going to make a lot of that money back when David Savard leaves. Um, he's. I, I really see Vladislav as kind of our next David Savard, a guy who will be with us for six, seven years at probably that three to four to five number. Um, and I think that's fine. Probably not five because that's what Zach Wierenski got. But if you can get him for four or five years at three million, I would do it in a second. After that, 
The numbers start getting more. Eh, what do you want to do? They've got Devin Shore, two years, 1.75, 1 million. I think you want to keep Devin Shore. Devin Shore is a player that really got shortchanged. Cause I, there were times after the trade deadline that I thought he looked really good. But right now that's a player that we're not getting to see play for this team. So we don't know where he is. Um, Kevin Stenland, they're saying two years or nine, you know, under a million. I would definitely reassign him. Gabriel Carlson, definitely reassign him. Jacob Lilia, eh. I'm not, I'm not heartbroken if he leaves. Ryan McInnes, I think McInnes is worth keeping around uh, as far as a development player and keeping him in Cleveland. Marco Dano, mm. Cole Sherwood, I would like to see Sherwood stay because Sherwood is a, another player who, man, if he hadn't got injured, he looked he looked like a fireball is what he seemed like. Not that he was the most skilled player or whatnot, but when he was on the ice, there was just an energy presence about him that I really liked. And I'd want to keep Cole Sherwood around on this team. And you're going to be able to keep him for cheap. Uh, Calvin Thurkoff, another player that if you can keep him around for cheap for a few years, I would do it. So, um, again, I'd tell you to definitely double-check the folks at Evolving Hockey. Some really cool stuff there. Uh, the guys over at the Hockey Writers um, did a, an article uh, just kind of getting fan feedback on Nationwide Arena. What are their complaints? What are the concerns? And a couple of them are things that aren't easy to fix. Like, some people complained about the parking situation, which is tricky to get out, but I'll be honest with you, any sporting event I've ever gone to is not easy to get out of. Um, some people complained about the size of the seats. Another tricky thing to get around. I mean, if you make it bigger, you take out seat well, pack capacity, ticket prices would go up. People already aren't happy about ticket prices. If, you know, it's to that one... Um, a lot of complaints are about food prices and food variety. Food prices you're probably not going to fix because, again, you're kind of in a captive area. They want to make money. Food variety is something they definitely need to fix. And especially the news this week that the company Delaware North that does the food service for the Blue Jackets has decided to just not pay their employees during this time when so many other NHL teams have done it. You know what? Maybe it's time for a change there. Um, so that's where I would be a fan. And what I would like to see is doing some more local flair. Now, some people will hear some of the restaurants I'm about to say as far as counting for local flair and think, what are you talking about? That's not local, but I have some reasons. So what I would do if I'm the Blue Jackets, I start use I use this time to start making some long-term plans. Um, and I mean, obviously nothing's going to happen in the next year. And, and this is going to be tricky because you're, if you're dealing with restaurants, they don't know what their long-term plans are either. But I start maybe working out some some overall master plans. What I would do, I would work with some local restaurants to do a, doing some kind of some tiered stuff. Um, like I would have brats around the building, done on the little carts kind of the way they do it right now, like Bob Evans, like the Bob Evans ones would stay. But I'd have one big concession, you know, place in the building that I would convert and see if you could get Schmidt Sausage House involved. Get some Bahama Mamas, get some cream puffs, get some of that real good stuff. If you've never been to Columbus, go to Schmidt's. Really good stuff. It's a sausage house, very German. Um, they brew a couple of beers in-house, have a couple beers that are available there. The idea being almost having just like a mini Schmidt's there in the building. It would be awesome. For pizza, they used to do this, and then Papa John's bought out the deal. I would try and get Donato's back. Now, I know that some people are going to say, that's, not, that's a big chain, Frank. That's not that... With pizza, you're dealing with a couple things. One, when you're getting pizza, you're getting pizza because you want something to give your kid. Now, all of us like pizza, too. I love pizza. 
But the other advantage of Donato's is it was founded in the Columbus area, starting Columbus. So there's that local bit to it as well on top of it's something familiar. Um, I don't think it's a bad choice. I, I think it's something you could do easily and it would work well. Uh, I'm sure there's other good arguments in there. There's other really great pizzas around Columbus. The other tricky thing with pizza is pizza is so specific to oven types and everything else that something that is a chain might have a better, may be able to reproduce what they do there better. Um, if you try and get something like Hound Dogs in there, it just may not produce and reproduce in the same way there. Uh, I'd like to see kind of a standalone like Hot Chicken Takeover. Be great. Um, hot Chicken Takeover is great. Uh, great chicken. Hot Chicken, if you haven't had it, it's, it, it's something that I believe started in the South. I think Nashville was kind of one of the big starters of it. But the idea is it's not like necessarily fried or anything. It's that the when they when they cure the food when they when they marinate it and everything they just get a lot of spice into the meat. So you got a lot of heat right when you eat into it. Um, and then I do two different burgers. I do in the same way that you got Schmitz and and uh, and Bob Evans both doing the both doing the sausages and like the hot dogs. I would do a Thurman's standalone. We can get a, a, a good quality Thurman burger. And then I'd also try and put some Wendy's around. Because again, Wendy's another chain. So you if you got your kid at a game, oh, you want some Wendy's chicken nuggets? Yeah, that'll be great. Or, you know, you want a hamburger from Wendy's or a Frosty or whatever. That would work great. Um, and Wendy's also, you know, it, you can you can kind of tier these as far as prices as well. I think that would work really well. Um you got about a half dozen breweries where you could work with. They've already got, oh, who is it they already got down there? They've actually even got a Blue Jacket beer called the Cannon Blast. Um, ah, nuts. It's the it's the brewery that is from Scotland that we have, that, that has a, has the, has the brewing hotel. One moment here. Brewdog, Brewdog. Yeah, they've got the hotel and brewery in town. Um, they've got a lot of cool stuff. So, I mean, if you're going to get a local beer like that, Brewdog would be fine to kind of handle the for those specific kind of beers and whatnot. Um, you know, there's already a Brewdog there, which is great. If, if at the other places you still want to... And, and there would still be some just kind of generic ones where you get your, your popcorn and, and that kind of stuff. But this way you're getting kind of that local flair into some things a little more. I think this would be really cool. So that's that would be something I would like to see the Blue Jackets do as a change up with everything that's going on. Now, I am excited to tell you about a new sponsor we've got to the uh, to the to the Shoot Ones podcast here. And um, it's a product I've tried, it's a product I like. Uh, I've used it and and this is <laughs> when it I'll be honest with you guys, when they sent me the copy for like how to go into it and how to how to be like, hey, if you if you want to talk about us on the show, this is what you know, this is kind of what we're cool with. I've always talked about how on my show, I'm very different than a lot of podcasts and that I want you to be able to play your podcast while your kids are in the car. Because I know with so many sports podcasts and just podcasts in general, you can't really do that. Um, and, and then the stuff they send us, they're like, we don't worry about you being, you know, if, if you want to be, you know, a little edgy or say something funny, go for it. It doesn't really work on my show. Uh, the company we're working with here is Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped has got a, uh, a new trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. It's really cool. Um, 
we'll put it this way. If you are doing uh, body grooming in certain areas, the quality of what you're using on those areas is, is of high concern because you don't want nicks, you don't want cuts. That's a bad time for everyone, mostly you. You don't want that. You, you want to keep things easy and well to use. And they've also got some great products as far as keeping, uh, keeping those areas fresh with, hey, with the warm weather coming up is great. That's what you definitely want. So if this sounds cool to you, if this is something you've been thinking about, check out their website. Um, essentially, you go to uh, manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN. Again, for the Hockey Podcast Network, manscaped.com, code THPN. So oh, great product. I, I enjoyed using it. So, um, All right. Now letting you know uh, something we've started to see as well. Um, teams have started to be asked for their August dates uh, as far as arena availability. And what that means essentially is just they've they've had the, the leagues, they've had the teams at contact their arena and say, hey, when, when could we get in for August? At this point, so many shows are canceling, so many things are canceling that I've even started seeing tours that are canceling through August that some of these buildings may be wide open except if you share it with an NBA team. Because um, again there's just not many events in arenas that time of year. Now, this is this is something I wanted to talk about because I've heard a lot in different media that the commissioners talked about, well, the thing we don't want to do is we don't want to uh, affect next season. We don't want, we want the next season to be a full 82 game season and then playoffs. I differ with the league on that. I differ from a lot of people when I hear that. In my mind, the most important thing if I'm the NHL, is I want to finish the 1920 season. I want to find a way to get a conclusion to that season. And if that means that next season is weird and short, I can live with that. Because then I've got two complete seasons. Granted, guys going for records like Ovechkin going for, you know, he wants to catch Gretzky on the on-time goals, or if a guy wants to set a single-season record, that's going to be really hard if you have another abbreviated season. But if you're me... Just in my opinion, I would rather we finish this season, get a playoff, get a twenty twenty, get a nineteen twenty champion, and then go into twenty twenty one with. I would even be willing to cut it all the way down to like a fifty six game season, like a like a strike shortened season. I don't care if you're playing, and there's some teams that have talked. There's some. It was the we talked about this a few weeks back. The players, uh, a few players, threw around a plan where the league would kick back in in like early June or something. They would try and finish the regular season as best they could or whatever plan there was for an expanded playoff. Then you have all of July and August for the playoffs. You could almost do the full-size playoffs, which again, when we just talked about teams trying to maintain their revenue, that would take care of that issue. Um, And then on the back end, okay, so the playoffs are done by the end of August. We can have a September off-season. Honestly, I would say September-October for the off-season, and you can do the draft and free agency all in then. And then when you hit November, like November 1st, like that first week in November, do two to three preseason games. Now, that's going to stink one year for the teams that are having, um, you know, that are having a harder training camp, but or that have, you know, players that are on the bubble, but... I mean, it's what you do. You do one week, maybe do one week and allow every team to carry enough through training camp 
for that one week training camp or the two week training camp that you can essentially have two teams the whole time. So you can play three to five preseason games, but just do a bunch of split squad scrimmages. Uh, which if you're not familiar with that, essentially, and we've seen them plenty of times where like the Blue Jackets will have a split squad with essentially Pittsburgh, where what will happen is each team will have almost two full teams and one team from each city, you know, like one Blue Jackets team would go to Pittsburgh and then one Pittsburgh team would come to Columbus and at the same night on the same game, on the same night at the same time, they just play both games happen. That way you get video, you see both teams and you see all players in in that, so I mean, in two weeks, you could one or two weeks, you could rush it in, and then kick in the November with the regular season. I, I, that's where I would like to go at this point. That's where I think you could do a lot of cool things. So I'm I'm a big fan of that idea of it here. So, um, I I you know hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show. Um, again, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Definitely appreciate turning in tuning in. Um, a lot of good content out there still. Uh, right now, I know myself. I am, I am working my way through Netflix Tiger King, which is just. I talked earlier in the show about how we're family friendly. Tiger King is not family friendly, but it is the craziest thing you've ever seen. It is. I'm sure you've already seen this on Twitter, but my goodness, if you turn the show on, about every 20 minutes or so, something happens, and you just go, "What?" How is that part of what's happening? It's incredible. It's a serious documentary. Anyway, um, stay safe out there, guys. Stay away from people. Let's let's do what we can do to reduce the spread of this thing. Let's get back to sports. And, and I know sports is a minor thing in all this, but but a piece of advice that I saw, I think I originally saw it from John Oliver, and I've seen it other places as well, but it's okay for you right now with all the craziness going on. It's okay for you to take a minute here and there to kind of be upset or to kind of mourn the thing you lost. If there was a, a, a party going on or I've seen, you know, I've seen weddings, I've seen all sorts of stuff. And, and even something as trivial as, oh, my sports team I really like. Losing that, you know, it's something you planned on. It's what your life was, it's what you planned on as being part of your life. And it, it's not there now. And I get it that that's rough. And you, you can own that, you know, you're not happy about that. But you also understand there's a bigger thing going on right now so let's all be safe let's all try and keep this you know do the right thing so we can try and get back to life as it as we want it to be but thank you very much for listening and go jackets this has been the shoot once podcast follow us on twitter at shoot once pod